So who wins the award for the worst word selection of the week? I think that has to go to uh, Senator Mary Landrieu, who, according to the Weekly Standard, said, quote, I would vote again for the Affordable Care Act. I'm for the Affordable Care Act, period. Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard. Is that the phrase you would have urged her to use, Bill? Yeah. Well, if that's what she believes, uh, maybe she's, she's saying it. She seems not to be terribly worried, I guess, about all the people who are losing their insurance and losing their choice of doctors and facing huge premium increases uh, and so forth, to say nothing of uh, everyone who can't get on the website. So, but to use that phrase uh, after President Obama's... Well, maybe it's a Democratic <laughs> trope. You know, you think if you're saying something, it's not really true, but deep down, Mary Landry, ah. who's an intelligent woman, probably doesn't think it was such a great idea to have voted for the Affordable Care Act uh, back in 2009 and 2010. Uh, maybe you say, if maybe we should watch this, maybe a, a Democrat saying, period, <laughs> emphatically, after a statement, is a signal that... It's not uh, what that person has said. Here's my theory, really Bill. The is my theory is that... I believe the New York Times says, according to the New York Times editorial page, when you say something like that, when President Obama said, if you like, if you like your health care, you can keep it, your right. doctor, if you can keep it. He misspoke. That was what the New York Times said. <laughs> Here's my theory on the period. If you look in the period, you'll find a microchip, and inside of it is a long explanation about the, all of the <laughs> things you should know for that to take that phrase in context. If you have insurance that the president already approves of and meets the standards that he already requires. So it's all in there in the period, Bill. Well, you know, it's, it's a good point, but don't you find this in everyday life when people say something, when people look you in the eye and say, frankly, Michael, right. or, you know, really, in all honesty, Michael, <laughs> they're about to say something deceptive, right? Right. That tends that absolutely tends to be the case. Or if they happen to say it to me about health care and they support Obamacare, pretty much everything they're going to say is going to be deceptive. I want to know if the the <clears throat> misstatement the president has made, uh, if you like your plan, you can keep it, period. Is has that congealed into a, a force of its own, a, 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 a theory or a knowledge maybe of, among the voters that this guy just is lying. And you know, has he crossed that barrier that Bill Clinton crossed where people started rolling their eyes as soon as he started talking? I mean, I think I think in politics, they uh, voters have somewhat limited expectations of politicians. They expect them to mislead them somewhat. Uh, but what kills you in politics, I've seen over the years a little bit, is if you both mislead people and then the policy about which you're misleading them doesn't work. That is a bad one-two punch, you know. So in every case of Iraq, a war that I supported and support, but obviously didn't work out well, at least at first, with not enough troops being there and all that, and not fighting the weapons. So Bush said, you know, the weapons of mass destruction are there. He obviously wasn't lying. He believed they were there. But right. he said the weapons of mass destruction are there. And then the war went badly. That one-two punch can really uh, hurt you politically, I think. Voters will forgive a bit of a deception if the policies are working fine. Clinton, of course, ultimately was forgiven in some ways by voters. Uh, in that respect, and voters will um, forgive a bad policy if they think, well, look, it's tough, it's sincere, you know, these things are sometimes difficult to pull off. The combination, I think, is pretty damaging to the Obama administration and really opens the door now for Republicans, if they're intelligent, to uh, roll back parts of the law, to campaign on this for the next year. And even in Virginia, where I live, where uh, um, Ken Cuccinelli, the attorney general, has run a pretty miserable campaign for governors behind five, six points, it looks like, uh, he's closing on Obamacare, finally emphasizing that he was a big opponent of the law. He sued the government. He's going to restrict its, its reach as much as possible in Virginia. Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, is a big fan of the law. Uh, Cuccinelli is closing, finally, on Obamacare. And in the district I live in, the 34th district of, of Virginia, uh, for the House of Delegates, 
the uh, Democrat challenging the Republican incumbent there in our district, the swing district, is very, very close. Uh, Kathleen Murphy said Friday night, a couple of miles from where I live, that uh, you know she was asked, what about the, all these people going into Medicaid as a result of Obamacare? And McAuliffe wants even more to go into Medicaid. Uh, you know, well, they won't have a very good choice. Is that a good plan? I mean, doctors are increasingly choosing not to treat patients sure. who are reimbursed at Medicaid levels. And she said, well, we should just we have to, we have to force the doctors to treat those patients. So that that Kathleen Murphy comment has picked up some uh, circulation around the state. Um, she's, of course, a supporter of McAuliffe and vice versa. And it is the logic of Obamacare. The logic of Obamacare doesn't stop with even the intrusiveness and coerciveness of the law as it is. The logic goes on to say, well, gee, if there aren't enough doctors for Medicaid patients, let's tell doctors who not only what they can charge for certain patients, but who they have to uh, minister to. And, and we're really on a step to total control, honestly, of the health care system by the state, by the government, uh, in a way that will be damaging to the country, damaging to health care, and damaging to our liberties. I just can't believe that Democrats who are in vulnerable positions, particularly in the U.S. Senate bill, are going to cling to this thing the way that Senator Landrieu apparently has. Because we know that between now and next November, there's going to be a steady drumbeat of stories like the one in the Wall Street Journal today of the woman uh, with stage four gallbladder cancer who has been told as a result of Obamacare, you have to choose. You can either have the to doctors who cure, who are treating the cancer, or you can have the day-to-day doctors where you live who treat you in general as a patient, and there, there's no way around that. I mean, I think some of the Democrats are thinking, look, I voted for the bill. That can't be taken back. In a way, you're better off just trying to brazen it out than get, than get cute and say, well, I voted for it, but now I'd like to change this. But I, I sort of agree with your instinct, and I, I think this is an interesting week. The, I think both houses, certainly the House of Representatives, I think both houses of Congress are out this week. So they're presumably meeting with some of their constituents. All these stories are now uh, hitting the media. Even the even the Washington Post led this morning with a story about a bunch of liberals in D.C. complaining about what Obamacare was doing to their health care and to their coverage and to their premiums. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see when they come back next week what the mood is. I, I think this could be a tipping point moment where a lot of congressional Democrats decide, partly for political reasons, and to be fair, partly just because, you know, some of them probably earnestly, they're liberals, they thought this would work well, and they're looking up and seeing, my God, I mean, this is really bad for our constituents. Um, you know, I really wonder if if, the, if if they can continue to hold Senate and, and congressional Democrats in lockstep in defense of Obamacare after this coming week. Well, I don't know. If the president can stand and make again and again, false statements about Obamacare, including the website that, as of last night, Bill, still had the phrase, if you like your health care, you can keep it, on the website yesterday. And the media will, to a degree, let him off the hook. They'll say he misspoke and you you don't understand. Uh, You saw the people on the talk shows this weekend saying, oh, no, 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 Obama's not dropping you. Your insurance is dropping you. I, I, I don't see this team, you know, I guess what I'm wondering is can they evade political reality by evading reality reality. Yeah, I, I kind of usually bet on reality in these circumstances. And I thought the show I was on made the press was sort of indicative. I, I made my points as were predict, you know, predictable points, I suppose, for someone like me who's a conservative and a critic of Obamacare. But I was struck that Bob Woodward and Caddy Kay, who were on the panel with me, were pretty tough. And then David Gregory, the host, were pretty tough on David Axelrod. I, again, I think it's one thing to just make a mistake in designing a public policy it's another thing in a separate area to perhaps say something that exaggerates the benefits of a program, but to flat out say, 
you can keep it, and then you know if you like it, you can keep it, and then to be for it to be proven false and and obviously false, and and something they they knew was false, and have all the fiascos with the website and the actual structure of the program now becoming increasingly clear. It's a bad combination for for the Democrats and for the supporters of Obamacare, and I think it and I think you know a lot of Republicans were a little demoralized after the shutdown. Some conservatives, uh, moderates were demoralized. Conservatives were demoralized. Some conservatives were saying, "Gee, I guess we'll never repeal Obamacare." I right. think people really now see that this is a huge issue, and not just a political issue. That really, conservatives, Republicans need to be ready to move against for delaying it and repealing whatever parts we can now, and repealing it all as soon as possible, and having something to replace it. So I think the urgency of getting good health care, good conservative health care legislation ready on Capitol Hill is, has increased a lot in the last couple of weeks too. Period. Absolutely, Bill. <laughs> <Thanks> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spend saying so that a lot. Thanks so much for your time. That's Bill Crystal.